Hey, I'm Mike Bruce, the founder and CEO of Visible. As you scale your company, having the right guides at your side can make all of the difference. Each episode, we'll talk to fellow founders, investors, and experts. We'll dive into their zone of genius, as well as hear about their past mistakes to give you a better chance of success. This podcast is for founders by founders. This is the Founders Forward. All right. Yeah. So before we get started, would love to just get quick one minute pitch on you and what you're up to today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Um, yeah. Anning, I'm the co-founder and CEO at Malomo. So um, had a, a long career in tech. Uh, um, and I started my career in investment banking, um, then, then launched my first tech startup. It failed. Launched a tech consulting business with moderate success. And then Malomo was kind of a spin out from that, that consulting business. And so far, so good. Uh, uh, and then Malomo, we are a, a shipment tracking platform for e-commerce businesses. And so we help, we help uh, consumers when they buy from a, a direct-to-consumer brand get proactive updates on their order as it's moving in transit. Um, and then for merchants, because we as consumers check tracking you know, four to five times on average, super high engagement channel and merchants are always looking for this arbitrage edge uh, for growth. And so we kind of turn that into a marketing channel where the merchant can kind of uh, use as an opportunity to tell their brand story, remarket their upsell, cross-sell products, do all sorts of thing, things with that real estate. So that's kind of low in a nutshell. Yeah. How long have you guys been around? We have been around, uh, so we launched the company, like the first product, in uh, June of 2019. Okay, so yeah. two and a half years. Two and a half yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do public math. Um, so what? I guess next question we had scripted was what uh, is going after the cold start problem? Did you go after merchants yeah. or consumers first, and how'd you get over that yeah. problem? Yeah, good question. So we. Um, we are a like a SaaS based business. So we sell our software to, we're kind of B2B to C. So we sell our software to merchants um, so that they can provide this experience for their end customers, which are consumers. Um, so uh, I'll tell two stories. One about like how we, we, we got our first pilot customer who didn't pay us and then how we parlayed that into getting our first paid customer. So um, like I mentioned before, I ran a consulting agency and we worked with a ton of merchants on the on the Shopify um, ecosystem, and uh, and so we we saw firsthand like our customers. We we would build like custom solutions around like using Shopify as like their their e-commerce cart platform, but they need to do something like innovative around consumer experience or um, build some software to help them manage their operations. Um, so when we were working with their with those clients, like we saw firsthand how much of a pain point they saw with the post-purchase experience. Uh, number one support ticket they get is people simply asking, where's my order? And it's like number one by far. Um, and so we, and, and if things didn't arrive, customers would complain and freak out. So we, we started to like focus our energy there and said, oh, I wonder if there's an opportunity to kind of build a proactive, like, SaaS platform that would communicate to consumers about their order. Um, so we actually approached two of our consulting clients um, and, and basically said, you know, hey, does, are, like, are you dealing with this problem? Um, and like, how, how big of a pain point is this for you? Like, how much does it cost your business? 
And, and they said, huge pain point, um, huge cost to our business when we don't get shipping right. Um, and so we, we basically said to them, you know, we've got this, you know, we've got the SaaS platform built. At the time, nothing was built. They said, we have the SaaS platform built. We'd love for you guys to test it out and see if we could improve, like the, uh, if we could prove that we could reduce the number of support tickets that you're getting. Um, and they all said, yeah, for sure. We'd love to test it out. Um, what we did was we would, we would log into their, their Shopify store. Whenever a new order would come in, we'd grab the customer information, all the order information, tracking numbers, we'd throw it into a spreadsheet. And then when uh, we'd then go and grab the tracking number, we'd go to like USPS or UPS.com and like get uh, the tracking update. And then if, a, if the status of the package changed, we would log into their marketing platform and then send one-off emails to every single customer about their order as it moved in transit. Did that for hundreds of orders um, to prove the thesis that we had. And, uh, and, and we kind of learned something during that process. This is kind of off topic, but I think it's, um, it's relevant. Like we learned that customers just like uh, open those emails a ton. They really, really cared about their tracking. And so that's when we had the idea of like, oh, like this is high engagement. How could we help merchants use this real estate? Um, so, uh, so we, so that was how we, like, we, we kind of leveraged our agency to get our first really pilot customer. Um, uh, how we got our first paid customer was we used that story and we went to, um, uh, so we did, we did a couple of things. We went to investors and said, you know, Hey, we, we really think that there's an opportunity here. We haven't built anything yet. It's going to take a lot of kind of capital to build the first version of this. We got to integrate with carriers and e-commerce platforms and marketing platforms to make all this work. Um, and, uh, and so a couple of the first investors that we pitched, um, they were like, oh, you should talk to this company that's in my portfolio. Uh, and, uh, and we got connected to one. Um, it was a cookware brand. And, uh, and I actually had a hard time kind of getting him on the phone, the founder on the phone. So we, we booked a flight to Austin and we basically said, hey, we're going to be in Austin this day. Would you, would you be cool with meeting up for us? And, and he did. Um, and we, uh, um, so we did two things, right? It was like, we're, this was a really great brand, like logo customer for us, but like we, no credibility. Um, you know, we, we, we really didn't have like other customers that we could reference or the real value of this other than that pilot customer. So we did two things. Like we, we leaned into that pilot test just to show the results. And then we mocked up like what the customer experience, the consumer experience would look like for their brand. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, for them, one of the challenges that they dealt with was, um, uh, they got a, they got bad product reviews for people not caring for the pots and pans correctly. So they would either get damaged or consumers would assume that it was damaged, but they just needed to do some, some care on the, on the pots to get them kind of back to new. Um, so we, we mocked up like the post-purchase experience, a tracking page is like this educational hub to, to share with consumers, how you care for the products or how you can use the product with recipes 
um, and let them trial the product for, for a month for free to see the results. And the results were, were, were pretty, pretty um, incredible. So that was great because then they signed on as a customer. They were a really great logo brand. Lots of other e-commerce merchants like respected this, this brand and knew the founder really closely. So being able to reference them to get more customers in the door um, was kind of how we got over that, that cold start problem. Yeah. Do you think the majority of the following customers came from that one brand or is it how many free pilots did you run before? Yeah. Paid? Yeah. Oh man. So we, um, trying to think back, like we did run a lot of free pilots early on. Um, cause like we our um, our stance was like people, this is like a new marketing channel. Like, and even we don't understand like how it works or how it should work and whether it's going to drive the results that we think. So it was all kind of this assumption that we were trying to test. So we gave free trials to a lot of our early customers. Um, uh, our, like our next, um, so the, the first two customers we got through investor referrals like that, where um, it was, you know, yeah, it was just a connection as we were pitching investors our story. They're like, oh, you should meet with our portfolio company. Got our first two customers that way. And then the next eight or 10 was cold outbound, cold outreach, um, where we would, uh, we would mock up that customer experience. And that was really a great selling point. And then we had these two really strong referenceable customers that gave us credibility so that we, we could at least get that first kind of pitch meeting um, to, to present the, the, the platform and the opportunity. Um, so um, like indirectly, yes, like those first two customers definitely helped us get the next several, but we, um, it was a lot of just cold outreach to merchants that we want to work with. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I mean, I feel like that's a really good playbook to follow for anybody that has some sort of service-based business that they want to turn into recurring revenue. It's like, first, find somebody you want to work with, like do great work for them for free and in exchange, get testimonials or references and then use those references yes. to proof to then get paying customers. It's like full yeah. circle. Like, yes. You've yeah. done very well. So kudos to <laughs> telling other people to follow that same model. It seems to work. Um, yeah. Just like really stubborn. It's like, no, we're never going to do free work. It's like, all right. Yeah. You're going to yeah. have a time finding or convincing somebody to pay. Yes. Yeah. I, it, it's so true. Like people, um, I think it's hard when you're the founder of a startup, you, you see how your product's going to work and you believe that's going to work. Everybody else does not, right? Everybody else has a significant amount of skepticism. They're pitched hundreds of tools all the time and not all of them deliver on the promise um, that, that they say they're gonna deliver on. And so um, you, yeah, you have to prove it to them that, that like your product is gonna work. And, uh, and then the other thing that I think about is like at our consulting agency, we saw this all the time, exactly what you said. Like people, people are like, I'm not, this doesn't make sense to do these things, like give away free work. Um, do like consulting or services work like i need the product built and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh go to a customer until i can show them the product and every single one of those businesses that we worked with at my consulting agency failed the ones that actually succeeded were the ones that started as consulting businesses because the the customers they don't care about your product or service they care about solving their customer pain and they don't care how it gets solved yeah um so that's the only thing that matters, right? Solving customer pain. Um, and the easiest way to do that is like, I'm just gonna, 
I have hours in the day and I'm a human. I can provide the service to you. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it works. Really I mean, at the end well. of the day, like testimonials and social proof is the strongest marketing asset you have. Like, yes, no matter yes. what you mock up and send out is like marketing material that you're creating internally. It's not going to be as strong as somebody else vouching for your brand without like any affiliation mm. to it. So yes, pretty bullish 100%. on the tools that help do that. I was actually checking out a company called testimonial.io. I don't know if you've checked Ooh. them out. It's pretty good. It's like a little embed that you can have like anytime anybody mentions your brand on social, um, you can like embed that, like put it on your landing page. Uh, it's like a backdrop to whatever your call to action is. I thought it was yeah. a couple of other companies use it. It seems like great sales collateral. Like, yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, that is awesome. That's such a good idea too. It's so true. Yeah, yeah. just tooling. Love that stuff. Yes. Um, what is one piece of advice they'd give someone starting out, starting a company at death? Oh man, uh, can I give two? Yeah. Um, first one is like it's talked about and it's obvious, but. I think it's it's not obvious for the reasons that people should think about. So find a find a co-founder, ideally they're complimentary. And and uh, there's a lot of advice around that, right? Like you you should not go at this alone. Like you should um, you should build a company um, with people who have skill sets that you don't. Um, the reason that I say it is like startups are a in, like incredibly lonely journey and you are faced you're stretched in so many different ways that are highly emotionally stressful um you think about your company day in day out the problems that you run into like if it's an employee problem like you can't talk to other employees about those problems some problems you can't talk to your investors or advisors about um and so you need a conduit to like have that sounding board where you are on the on the cliff's edge of like, I'm done. <laughs> and they can talk you down and vice versa. Um, I've been working with my co-founder for more than a decade now. And I'm, I'm convinced that the only reason like we've succeeded is because of that relationship um, of, of like having that conduit, like they're in the business with you. So they know exactly the problems that are going on. Advisors, you can only like give them secondhand knowledge of those problems. You can only spend so much time with them to get them up to speed. So that's the first piece of advice. Find, find a, find a co-founder that you're willing to like work with for the next decade. Um, and don't take that relationship lightly. And then the second piece of advice is kind of what we talked about before, which is like, you, uh, you have to focus on, on solving customer problems and figure out a way to solve them, no matter like what you do. Um, we, we, uh, I talk about this in, in, in our consulting days, I would advise every founder that we worked with, like you should actually use off-the-shelf tools, like provide a service, use off-the-shelf tools that already exist that mimic the entire experience that you want to deliver with the vision that you have for your product. And that's a really great way that, to just learn whether like this thing is going to work and solve that customer's problem or not. Um, I think, I think uh, that is like the biggest thing that I, I, uh, I, um, I think separates winners from losers, just like having that, like, I'm just here to learn whether my idea is going to have merit or not. Um, most products fail because they don't find product market fit. 
Yeah. They, they really don't solve customer pain. And so that's the number one thing you got to be focused on on day one. Yeah. I mean, it's never been easier to mock up an MVP too. I mean, I yes. can code, but I can build stuff in no code tools and at least mock it up and give like a rough draft of what this pain point can solve for. Um, yes. I think like people with that mindset of just like figuring out something, testing it constantly and it's like shipping and like gathering feedback. Totally yeah. Agree. Yep. Yeah, share well, before you're ready. Ugly solutions, right? It's, it's like people will forgive a lot. Like if yeah. you solve their pain point, they will forgive a lot. Yeah, hundred percent. How did you and your co-founder meet? Uh yeah, it was it was uh, super random. So I was I was uh, working on um, a startup that I mentioned that failed. Um, uh, and was at the tail end of kind of like winding down the business. We had gotten a bunch of press and, uh, and um, my co-founder had seen that, um, seen that and, and just randomly reached out to me. He's like, hey, I really love what you're working on. Like, would love to grab coffee. He was in a, in a job where he was, um, he's an enterprise development consultant. So like worked um, very in a corporate environment, hated it, really wanted to start his own thing. And and we just grabbed coffee over several weeks and just like, we're just like talked about tech and startups and launching new things and just hit it off. Um, and so it was super serendipitous. Uh, uh, yeah, the way we connected. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 10 years later, still here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Still> here. <laughs> That's it. Um, Let's see, next question we got, what's a small change that you've made that's made a big difference in your life? Mm. Um, yeah, uh, biggest, oh, sorry, small change that, that has had a big influence on in my life is like um, being able to like shut down. So um, uh, working in a startup, it's high intensity over a long sustained period of time it's super easy to not have the endurance to last. Uh, and so I've made it up, up and I've like, I've hit burnout, right? Like um, where it's just like, okay, I'm done. Like I, I, I cannot run like uh, this company anymore. I hit a wall and just like, yeah, this is not gonna work. Uh, and big reason for that was, was just like, yeah, I just, I was working all the time. And so um, I consciously made efforts to like five o'clock, I'm done. Um, weekends, like I'm not gonna work on things. It's easy to pick up the laptop and sit there. Um, I've found, so I've, I've extrapolated on that quite a bit. Um, at Malomo, we just introduced four day work weeks, um, which was, it's a big bet that we're making, but like, knowledge work you have to be super creative and you and it's it's uh like you have to move incredibly fast um and it's tiring and you um creative workers right knowledge workers they need time for their mind to just rest reset recalibrate uh to work out problems in the background in order to come back and then and solve the next thing and so I've like, I've forced the company into that, 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 uh, the culture mindset of just, you know, you gotta, you gotta turn off to be really, really great and present and positive at work. 
you have to take periods of time where you're not thinking, doing, acting at work. Yeah, I 1 million percent agree with that. I think hustle culture is whack. I think it's impossible to think clearly when you're sitting in front of a screen all day. Like I have all of my good creative ideas when I go for a walk or I'm just yes. inside. Like if you just, I don't know, like somebody said this a while ago and it's resonated with me. It's like, if your calendar is super busy, then like your mind is just not like you have no clarity of thought. So yes. Again, like a lot yes. of people now, it seems like more like the overall trend of the last two decades as we move from like desktop to mobile to like now metaverse whatever you want to call that like <laughs> we're just spending more and more time online like that trend's only going to continue and yeah i think there's just like way more to life also yeah just, yeah in front of yes day, like doing stuff yeah probably not a high leverage task if you're working all the time just like reduce the amount of hours work, figure out what moves the needle, double down on that stuff and reap the rewards. It's like relatively easy to say, like tougher to do, I guess, but yeah. Yeah. Work, work always expands to fill the time you give it. Right. Right. Like there's the more you work, it doesn't mean the more you get done. It just, it's just like you find more, more things to work on that you shouldn't be working on when you only have, for us now, 32 hours a week. And I've seen this across the team. Like it's, you, you don't have time to waste. Yeah. Uh, so you have to prioritize the highest leverage things and put that on your calendar and block off time to go deep on those things, right? Deep, doing deep mental work on those things. Yeah. We did a trial of a four day work week in September and most marketing leads driven ever tied second ARR. Uh, bookings number ever did the most significant product release ever um like uh the res- and onboarded the most number of customers ever like across all four disciplines within the company they broke records like that i don't think that's a coincidence yeah <laughs> right um, work keep doubling yeah down. yes yeah we're doubling down yeah yeah i love it um all right, last question I got here. So if you had one ask for our listeners, what would it be? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Uh so this uh, like are you are you is this question like what what am I asking the listeners to kind of do for yeah, could be anything. Okay, so I'll give I'll give maybe a kind of counterintuitive answer. So at Malomo, our our mission is create lasting relationships. Um, I, between the, um, when I was 27 to 30 was like the worst period of time in my life. I, uh, I lost my mother to a long battle with cancer. Um, a year and a half later, my wife lost her father unexpectedly. And then six months later, I lost my father unexpectedly. Um, uh, he's traveling overseas and, and got ill and, and passed away. So um, just like losing the, the closest people to me in my life was, was just in, a, in that period of time was just a shock, like a complete shock. And I look back, like when my mom battled cancer, like um, it was, it was like a wake up call to, to like rekindle a relationship that, you know, I, 
I feel like we always, as um, I'm saying, I'm going to say kids, but for 34 years old kids, like we, we, we have this expectation that your parents are going to be there for a long period of your life. Right. You don't expect that um, that is going to happen. And so when, when, with my mom, we knew it was happening. Like I spent a lot more time with her, just like hearing about the stories that she had growing up, like trying to just get a better connection with her because I knew I was not going to have that opportunity. Um, and, uh, and, and when we, you know, when my wife lost her father, when I lost my father, it was like a punch in the face to be like, Oh my gosh, like you, you don't have time And relationships, um, at least to me are everything. And so the asset I have to the, to the listeners, um, is, is really like, are there any relationships in your life that you've neglected over a period of time? Could be work, could be personal. But are there any relationships that you can think of? Um, and and I would try to nurture those things. Um, like from a personal standpoint, typically we're in relationship with others because we get joy out of that. Um, you never know when you might run into that or lose somebody that you love. In business sense, the you know the world the so the world moves on on a social currency, right? It's relationships are everything. Um, relationships open doors to you. They, they unlock things that you, you didn't have access to. And so being intentional about building and nurturing those relationships, I think is really important. So that's my ask to the audience is yeah. think about oh. the people in your life that you have probably forgotten about and <laughs> can go rekindle and connect with them. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I feel like most people normally have some business ask, like, yeah, check out a website. That was a way better answer. That's going to be <laughs> the bar for future guests to be. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Raise the bar by Yao. Yeah, yeah, I love it. But I mean, but seriously, like, our first investors were relationships that I had built over 10 years, right? Which led to the second set of investors. Our earliest customers came from referrals from others my whole company was built on uh, you know the employee base people who knew other people who did great work right those relationships matter whether you think think about it conversation went full circle it's coming back to social proof that's yeah exactly yeah yeah (laughs) exactly i love it man that wraps up questions for me uh this has been awesome yeah yeah uh, we're able to connect super glad you were able to come on um pumped to share this with everybody yeah this has been great pumped to yeah man appreciate that a lot it was it was a ton of fun and and thanks for having me on like i love i love doing this stuff and and uh and sharing stories so uh really appreciate the time man all right man i'll let you get back to it appreciate it um enjoy the weekend